Hello and welcome back to Global Value. In today's video, we're performing a fundamental stock analysis of CVS Health Corporation, ticker symbol CVS. So we're looking at CVS today as a subscriber request. Right now, the business is trading for $93.19 per share. Over the last year, CVS is down 10%. Even though the business is down over the last year, they're down at about half the rate that the S&P 500 is. Over the last five years, CVS is compounding at a rate of 5% annually. Over 10 years, they're compounding at a rate of 7.5% annually. And going back prior to the global financial crisis, over the last nearly 18 years, CVS is compounding at a rate of about 8.5% annually. Keep in mind that their average dividend yield over this time would be in addition to this compounded annual return. Right now, CVS is paying out about a 2.4% dividend yield, which is much better than that of the yield of an S&P 500 ETF. So CVS is about $7 above their 52-week low. They're down They're down more than $15 from their 52-week high. CVS is a very large business. They have a $122 billion market cap. For more background about the company, following its acquisition of Aetna in 2018, CVS Health now provides an even more integrated healthcare services offering for its members. Legacy CVS combined both the largest pharmacy benefit manager, processing over 2 billion adjusted claims annually, and a sizable pharmacy operation, including nearly 10,000 retail pharmacy locations, primarily in the United States. Adding a managed care organization with 24 million medical members gives the company a strong position in the insurance industry and should help CVS better control overall healthcare costs for its clients. As of the end of 2021, CVS operated approximately 9,900 retail locations and 12 minute clinic locations, as well as online retail pharmacy websites, long-term care pharmacies, and on-site pharmacies. The company was formerly known as CVS Caremark Corporation and changed its name to CVS Health Corporation in September of 2014. CVS Health Corporation was founded in 1963 and is headquartered in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. So for our fundamental analysis today, we are performing the select six analysis, taking a checklist style approach of six standard financial metrics to come to a holistic and beginning understanding of CVS based off of their business fundamentals. So this analysis is still a work in progress and it's an opportunity to learn in public, so it will continue to improve and get better over time. With that said, let's get right into today's analysis. Starting things off with metric number one, we want their average return on capital over the last five years to be above 14%. And there are two major reasons for this. The first is that over the long run, over the course of decades, a stock stock is likely to return approximately what its underlying business returns, and these business returns are going to be captured here by return on capital. The second is that the average publicly listed business earns about a 7% return on capital. So by asking for a benchmark of 14% or higher here, we can potentially build in some margin of safety for ourselves based off the overall quality of the business being about twice as good as average. CVS earned above this 14% benchmark in 2017. However, since then, they're earning returns on capital that have been increasing, but they're only slightly above that of a typical business. Over their last 12 months, CVS is earning about a 10% return on capital and averaged out over these past five fiscal years, CVS is only earning about a 9% average return on capital. So while that is slightly better than that of a typical business, that's below that 14% benchmark we're ideally looking for. So this is an X to start things off on metric number one. Next up for metric number two, here we're taking a high level overview of the growth of their business. So we're looking for revenue, net income, and free cash flow growth over the last five years. And this is going to be all or nothing in nature. Either all three of these are going to be up for this to be a check, or if even one of these is down, this entire metric will be an X. We'll also be including their last 12 months worth of numbers in our calculations here. So over this time, CVS's revenues are up by nearly 70%. 
This revenue growth primarily came from their acquisition of Anita in 2018. When we look at their net incomes, their earnings are actually down over this period. That was because they booked a $2 billion loss on sales of assets over their last 12 months, and they also had a $5 billion legal settlement, meaning that their net incomes are down over this period. So if you want to learn more about that, I would recommend diving into the company's filings and reading through some of their press releases about those. At the same time, however, over this period, their free cash flows are up more than triple, That's a very good sign for the business because free cash flow is really the lifeblood of any business and ultimately a business's abilities to produce free cash flows now and until judgment day discounted back by some reasonable interest rate is what that business is going to be worth. So a business can use its free cash flows to pay dividends, buy back shares, make acquisitions, reinvest back in the business or pay down debt. So it's great to see that they had revenue and free cash flow growth over this period. However, again, because of those charges and that legal settlement over their last 12 months, their net incomes are down, meaning that this is another X here on metric number two. Then next up for metric number three, here we're taking the perspective of an individual shareholder in the business by looking at CVS on a per share basis. We're looking for earnings per share growth over the last five years. So again, we learned that their earnings are down over this period. However, earnings are just the numerator in this earnings per share equation. So we also want to take a look at what they've done in terms of their shares outstanding. Over this time, CVS has diluted existing shareholders by about 30%. So they've been issuing additional shares throughout this period. The majority of that came alongside their Aetna acquisition with their shares being issued in 2019. So with fewer earnings over a wider share base, this means that their earnings per share over this period are down. So this is another X here on metric number three for CVS. So far, we're not starting things off so hot. We are 0 for 3 on CVS. Next up in metric number four, we're looking for something very similar. So here we're looking for free cash flow per share growth over the last five years. In contrast to their earnings, their free cash flows are up over this time frame with their free cash flows more than tripling. So this strong free cash flow growth is going to outpace their shareholder dilution. And over their last 12 months, CVS has actually earned about $14.82 worth of free cash flows per share. So this is our first check of the day here coming in on metric number four. And so far through our first four metrics, we have one check and three X's for CVS. Next up for metric number five, we're evaluating how the business is utilizing debt. So we don't want to be investing in overly levered businesses because during economic downturns, it's overly levered businesses that are going to be at the greatest risk of poor outcomes. We want their net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments to be below the amount of free cash flow that they produced over the last five years. So a similar story here with their shares outstanding. CVS issued debt for their Aetna acquisition. This peaked in their fiscal 2019, and since then they've been steadily paying this down. Right now, CVS has about $51 billion worth of net debt, and over the last five years, CVS has produced about $52.5 billion worth of free cash flow, so that's just enough to be able to support their current debt loads. So on a historical basis here, this is a check, as it does look like based off their abilities to produce free cash flows, CVS can support this debt load. Also worth being aware of is that over their last 12 months, CVS has earned about $19.5 billion worth of free cash flow. That's by far the highest that they've been at over this period, and their free cash flows have really been quite strong since their Aetna acquisition. So again, this is our second check of the day coming in here on metric number five. Then our sixth and final metric, the big metric of them all, we want their average free cash flow to their total enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this will potentially give us a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury and give us an overall starting point for a reasonable valuation of CVS. So we're using their total enterprise value because it takes into account both their market cap and their net debt position, and it's going to give us a perspective of the economic reality of the business that's more similar to as if CVS were a private company. So right now, CVS has about a $174 billion enterprise price value. And we learned that over the last five years, CVS has produced $52.5 billion worth of free cash flow. 
This means that in an average year, CVS is producing about $10.5 billion worth of free cash flow. So when we divide their $10.5 billion of their average free cash flow by their $174 billion total enterprise value, that gives us about a 6% average free cash flow to enterprise value yield. So that is above that 5% benchmark we're looking for. That's also above the yield of the 10-year treasury, which is just currently sitting under 4%. And so this is another check here on metric number six. After starting things off pretty rough through our first three metrics, we finished strong for CVS and had three metrics on the tail end. So on an average basis of their historical cash flows, it does look like CVS is potentially interesting right now. Again, worth being aware of is that over their last 12 months, they've earned significant amounts of free cash flow that have far outpaced where they've been at historically, but that have been in line with the business's growth since their Aetna acquisition. So to get a current free cash flow to enterprise value yield for the business, when we take their $19.5 billion of their last 12 months of free cash flow and divide that by their $174 billion total enterprise value, we get about an 11.2% current free cash flow to enterprise value yield for CVS. So both on a current and a historical basis, it does look like CVS is a potentially interesting business to dig in and learn more about. Just because this is the case does not mean that you're going to run out and go buy the business. This type of analysis is not financial advice and it's meant to be holistic in nature. These metrics are simple, but when combined together, they can be very powerful. And we've got more interesting stuff coming up. So as a bonus here, we're taking a look at CVS's dividend profile. So right now CVS is paying out a 2.4% dividend yield, which is better than that of the yield of an S&P 500 ETF. However, people make mistakes all the time by blindly chasing dividend yields. So it's important to stop and look at the underlying fundamentals of a business to determine whether or not that company's abilities to pay dividends are well supported by their cash flows or their earnings, depending on the type of business. For CVS, we want their dividends to be supported by their cash flows. CVS has kept their dividend payouts per share steady over these last five fiscal years. They've somewhat increased this over their last 12 months. However, they've managed to grow their free cash flows in all five of these previous years, even with their shareholder dilution, meaning that they're growing on a per share basis as well. And CVS has maintained a very reasonable dividend payout ratio that has only decreased over this time, meaning that management is taking a pretty prudent approach to paying out these dividends. So again, with the various uses of free cash flow that a business can use, it looks like post their Aetna acquisition, management has been prioritizing repaying down their debt. Again, however, more recently, over their last 12 months, they have upticked this dividend slightly, and it looks like the company might even be starting to repurchase shares from here. So if you want to learn more about management's approach to capital allocation, you'd want to dive into their filings and read through their annual report, where you'll hear their management's commentary on that. It also would likely be worth your time to take a look at their proxy statements to understand how management is incentivized, especially when it comes to capital allocation. Then everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze CVS, which takes us on to using a discounted cash flow model to come to a potential fair value for the business. So a discounted cash flow model is just like any other model in any other discipline. Its outputs are going to be sensitive to its inputs. So here we're starting with an average of their free cash flows post their Aetna acquisition which comes out to about $11.11 .11 worth of free cash flow per share. Then we're using historical growth assumptions based off how CVS has grown their average free cash flows dating back all the way till 1990 in order to give us a baseline projected estimate for how these free cash flows are going to look over the next 20 years or so. So assuming a growth stage over the next 10 years where CVS grows their average free cash flow at a rate of 5% annually, then assuming a terminal stage for the 10 years out after that, where this growth rate cuts in half and they only grow their average free cash flows at a rate of 2.5% annually. If we add in their tangible book value today, which takes into account the company's debt, 
And if we were seeking a potential 10% rate of return from CDS, then it looks like a potential fair value for the business is right around $110 per share today. If you're potentially satisfied with this 10% rate of return, it does look like there's some margin of safety in the business stock price. If you've done the work and you believe these historical growth assumptions, keep in mind that this discount rate would be including their 2.4% dividend yield, so we would not be doubly counting their dividends here. With that same caveat, from today's valuations, it looks like you could reasonably expect about 11.5% rate of return going forward for CVS if they grow their free cash flows at these rates and they keep these same multiples. There are a number of reasons why this might not be potentially accurate for the business going forward, so it's worth being mindful that this type of analysis is not financial advice, it's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security, and before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with the properly licensed and registered legal and financial professional. In just a minute, we'll talk about our recap for CVS, but we have to address something first. What are some the qualitative aspects of this business, especially those around the key points for a potential long or a potential short thesis of the company. So starting with some of the key points around a potential long thesis for the business, number one, CVS's PBM continues to gain market share with its intense focus on pharmaceutical cost trends, especially in specialty drugs. Number two, the firm's entry into caregiving services has the potential to improve returns for all of CVS's segments if it can help patients more easily and cost-effectively manage chronic conditions through early intervention. And number three, CVS's combination with Aetna creates the opportunity to view a patient more holistically by managing both medical and pharmacy benefits, which could lead to revenue and cost synergies for the organization. Then for some of the key points around a potential short thesis of the company, number one, foot traffic at physical retail stores could continue to decline as consumers increasingly favor online retailers like Amazon. Number two, the bulk of insurance membership growth over the coming years will likely stem from lower margin government-sponsored plans, creating a structural headwind to ensure profitability. And number three, healthcare reform will likely remain a recurring political topic until universal affordable coverage is achieved in the United States, and CVS's stock may experience volatility if scenarios that threatens its prospects gain traction. So hopefully that offers a balanced perspective around some of the key points for a potential long or a potential short thesis of the company. Now it's time for a wrap up. So in summary, CVS checks the box on three out of six of our metrics. They started things off pretty sluggish going 0 for 3 through our first three metrics, but CVS really picked it up toward the tail end of our analysis. They're earning slightly above average returns on capital of around 9%. While they have grown their revenues and their free cash flows over the last five years, especially post their Aetna acquisition, because of a $5 billion legal settlement over their last 12 months and a $2 billion loss on sale of assets, their earnings are down over this period. With their shareholder dilution for the Aetna acquisition, their earnings per share are down. However, their free cash flows per share due to that strong growth post-acquisition, even with the shareholder dilution, are up over this time frame. Then the company has aggressively prioritized repaying down debt. So based off their historical free cash flows and their current free cash flows, it looks like they'd be reasonably able to manage their debt profile right now. And then both on a current and an average basis, comparing their free cash flow to their enterprise value and looking at that yield in comparison to the yield of the 10-year treasury, it does look like both of those are offering a slight risk premium from today's valuations and that CVS would be a potentially interesting business to dig in and learn more about. Then looking at their dividend profile, CVS is paying out an above average dividend yield of 2.4% right now. And they've kept their dividend payouts per share flat over this time frame while comfortably growing their free cash flows per share, meaning that they're very easily able to support a growing dividend that they've managed to pick up over their last 12 months. Then finally, performing a discounted cash flow analysis of CVS. If you've done the work and you believe those historical growth assumptions for the business, then based on today's current valuations, it looks like you could reasonably expect about an 11.5% rate of return going forward for CVS over the next 20 years. So this would slightly outpace how the company has performed over their past two decades or so. 
And there are some reasons why this might not be accurate for the future. So it's worth reiterating that this type of analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. And before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with your financial advisor. This analysis instead serves as a beginning and holistic understanding of CVS to help you determine whether it's worth your time and energy to dig in and learn more about the business. One resource that will definitely help you stay up to speed with what's going on in the market and help you learn more about the business is Seeking Alpha. Checking out Seeking Alpha directly supports the channel as I'm part of their affiliate program. So most of you probably know Seeking Alpha as a source of community written articles on different stocks. But over the past little while, they've actually become a lot more than that with their new offering, which is Seeking Alpha Premium. Premium has a number of different features where you can track buy, hold, and sell ratings on your favorite stocks. These ratings are from the Seeking Alpha community, Wall Street analysts, and Seeking Alpha's algorithm. You can see earnings call transcripts, investor presentations, SEC filings, and press releases all in one place. You can add your own margin of safety targets and get alerts for when your favorite stocks hit that level. You can get unlimited access to Seeking Alpha articles, and you can take your rating experience based on the type of investor you are. You can get 10 years of financial data on any stock to help you with your analysis. You can also import your portfolio into your Seeking Alpha dashboard to make researching easier. And if that didn't convince you, the best thing is that an annual plan is only 99 bucks. That's only 27 cents per day through my referral link down in the description below. Normally premium is $239, but they are currently running a general offer for $119. But if you use my link, it's only 99 bucks. So check it out if you're interested. So as a value investor, you're ultimately trying to conduct this research as if you're going to own 100% of a business and you can truly understand the ins and outs of that company and understand what's important and what's not important, ultimately coming to the underlying essence of the business. Through this deeper research, you'll learn more about the qualitative and the quantitative aspects of CDS, and you'll likely be able to determine for yourself what a reasonably appropriate intrinsic value for the company will be. So with that said, that's it for today's fundamental stock analysis of CVS Health Corporation, ticker symbol CVS. Again, we looked at the business today as a subscriber request, so I'm happy to make an analysis of the company. So if you enjoyed today's video, please be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, and comment down below what business you want me to take a look at next time. Thanks for learning about CVS with me, and have a great day.